right, we are on for another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Today, we had an awesome conversation with Kristen Tyrell, who is the COO and co-founder of Catch. Catch is the benefits company for people who don't get who don't get benefits from their employer. Today, we talk about just that. What is Catch? What is the future of benefits, the future of work? We talk about how careers are changing, and we talk about how kind of the future, how the future is unfolding in this great conversation with Kristen. So I hope you enjoy it and um, share it with a friend if you like it. With that, let's get into it. Kristen, how's it going? Awesome. It's going great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for hopping on to the podcast. With that, let's just kind of dive right into it. So you are co-founder of Catch. I personally think Catch is the coolest company in the world. How about you share what Catch is um, for people that are listening that aren't familiar with, with what Catch is? Sure. So Catch is a personal portable benefits platform built for the future of work. And what that really means is that we serve freelancers, contractors, gig workers, part-time workers, really anyone who doesn't have access to employer-sponsored benefits. Um, we provide them with access to benefits independently. So tax withholding, retirement, health insurance, all of those things on one platform. All right. That is, uh, that's fantastic. Um, it definitely fills a need. I'm, I'm curious... How did you get the idea? How did you get started? Like, what was kind of the inspiration behind the the, the founding of, of this company? Yeah, so uh, my co-founder Andrew was a freelancer. I was working at a, another fintech startup that was doing student debt repayment as an employer-led benefit. So I was working very close to HR managers, um, and my co-founder Andrew, as a freelancer. Uh, was frustrated. Sort of a classic founder story of feeling like, why is this so hard? There's got to be a better way. Um, he basically spent an entire weekend mocking up the solution that he wanted to exist. Um, he had done uh, programs in college with Google. He was a Kleiner Perkins fellow. He's like, there are these great systems for employers to distribute benefits, right? You've got this great portal. Gusto is this incredible product where you see everything in one spot. Um, you can make choices about what's best for you. You see what options you have. Um, but there really was no equivalent. And so even, even for freelancers and, and independent contractors, the products that did exist, which there were a bunch of gaps, but the ones that did exist were very antiquated, um, still required a lot of uh, uh, spreadsheets and you know managing receipts over time and health insurance. Obviously, the marketplace is, is super confusing. So um, he built the solution that he wanted uh, and then brought me in with expertise on the side of how do you actually make that happen? Like, who are the partners you need? What's the infrastructure look like underneath? Um, I've been working with banks and investment advisors and insurance companies for a number of years. And so really understanding the pieces of like, how do you pull those different things together? And then, you know, Andrew, with as the engineer with experience on like, well, how do you make a beautiful front end for that? How do you make something that people want to engage with that's easy to use, you know, consumer driven product? Yeah, that, thank you for sharing all that. I remember when I first discovered Catch, um, it, it definitely is beautiful. The, the UX, the UX matters a lot. I feel like, um, and the UI. But as uh, kind of the years go on, I feel like design matters more and more. Um, and you definitely have that nailed down. So, so Catch ultimately, would you would you frame yourself as kind of 
in a way like gusto for contractors or gusto for freelancers or is that kind of what what you're trying to be or what what are what are you trying to be you, yeah. I mean, you recently started the company so, so so in a decade like what do you want people to be referring cash as like what is going to be what is going to be cash yeah that's a, i think that's a great question i think one of the challenges that we have is that the market that we're talking about here is um there's not one word that describes it it's really easy to fall into the world of saying it's about freelancers or it's about gig workers this is like health insurance for uber drivers right and those are certainly our customers but they're not they're not our only customers right and so i think there's this this complex world about how work is changing and how people sort of identify with work and like what their sort of self understanding of what they do and so what we say about our market is it's everyone who doesn't get insurance through work right maybe that's someone who works a w2 job like at two different places for 20 hours a week or someone who is pulling together income from different sources or maybe you're at a startup and it's a small company and they don't offer retirement and health insurance cuz they only have five people right so there's all these different categories of people who fall into this market and so serving them um, the first thing we have to do is often just like name them like who are they and what do they need right and so a lot of it is just like we describe our tar- target market as who we're who we don't serve right we don't serve people who get benefits through work and we do serve everybody yeah. else and so what we see this company as being in 10 years is the benefits company for people who don't get benefits from an employer right like it's it's kind of a it's a uh, it's a very meta way to describe it but gusto very much does an excellent job in leading the way as um as a value creator in this space for companies, for small B2B companies. We use Gusto internally. They have an incredible product. Their mission is to move enterprise. Like that's where they're going. They're going to do a great job. Amazing company, amazing founders. But what we see is that like what they've done, and if you've ever used Gusto as an employee, you may not be as familiar with Gusto as an employer experience looks like. And they do an excellent job in being proactive for me as an employer about regulation that's changed for workers' comp or like the tax rate got changed by a vote last year, right? And Gusto takes care of all that stuff with just like an email to me and says, hey, FYI, this thing happened and like your employees are totally covered. We've upped the amount that you're contributing to workers' comp by $8 a month or whatever it is. And that's just done and it's taken care of, right? And I think that that's the sort of experience that's really missing for consumers where all of these products, taxes, retirement, health insurance, they're very complicated. They're very regulated and people don't have an intimate understanding. And from our perspective, they really shouldn't have to. There should be things that work on their behalf just in the same way that Gusto does for me as a business owner. Yeah, that's that's all fascinating. I, I think that the the way of thinking of we are or you are the benefits company for people who have employers that like don't give benefits is super interesting. I also think that um, many listening will be like, oh, that's like a nice niche. Um, but actually, what, what I'm sure you know, and I will obviously know because you started a company, is that that niche um, is growing pretty quickly. Can you tell us your thoughts on kind of the gig economy, the freelance revolution, like whatever you call it, like why did you decide to kind of capture this small market that's growing super quickly? Because that's exactly kind of how you position yourself, at least in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I, I think again, like if you if you look at any given piece, they they look very small, right? Like the number of people who only earned 1099s last year, if that's a metric you want to use, is 10 million. That's not a huge market in terms of like billion dollar startups, right? And so you said, okay, well, there are only 10 million people who are full time earning freelance. Now, you can definitely build a profitable business where all you focus on is like full time 1099s. And a lot of people have tried that all at like 
uh, Zen 99, um, like all, all the 99 companies that yeah. like have 99 in the name, they're really focused on those people who earn 1099. There's about 10 million who only earn 1099. There's 20 million people who earn both a W-2 and a 1099, right? So now you're talking even just 2x the market of people who are earning some income on the side through other ways. That's the target target that we think is, is growing the quickest, right? Like there's a lot of people, this is the conversation around adding side hustles or freelancing on the weekends yeah. or doing like a passion project for something that's not really related to what you do. Um, that group of people is growing very quickly. And those people at a minimum need support setting aside for taxes, right? Like yeah. because they are in that 1099, right? And then you've got this group of people, there are actually 50 million W-2 workers who don't get benefits from work, right? Like again, whether it's a small company or they're being held at like 35 hours a week so that they won't cross that threshold um, or, you know, like any of those different categories, service workers oftentimes don't get benefits. Or if you're just like working two different jobs, right? W-2s from each, you're considered part-time, but you're really full-time because you're working two of them. There are 50 million people there who don't get benefits, right? So we're talking health insurance, retirement, life insurance, vision dental, all of those things shouldn't have to be totally separate products. There should be a way to bring them together. So that 80 million people is the total addressable market we see now. But by the way, that's not including any of the people who are working at traditional W-2 jobs where they do get benefits, but want to move into the freelance economy, right? People who are like, yeah. I, I want to work for myself. And the reason I don't is benefits. Like we think that's a market. We haven't even sized that market yet because we know there are people who are sort of waiting. They're like, I need, I need a solution for benefits. Like I, I, there is no solution for benefits. So I have to stay at this job that I don't like very much. So we think there's a huge opportunity to unlock another X number of millions of people who want to move to that world. So because benefits is like a patchwork of coverage, like there's a bunch of different things. Some people need all of it. Some people need some of it. Your target market is not just people who earn 1099 and maybe they're like a web developer on their own. They consider themselves an LLC. Like certainly we want to help those people, but the market is like much more... Um, expansive and definitely inclusive of a lot more different types of people than that. Yeah, that's, um, it's very interesting kind of insight into the different markets that you serve and fascinating that, that I think you said 50 million people, uh, that, that are working a job that want to be doing um, a side hustle or freelancing or starting a company. And that's, I spent a lot of time thinking about those 50 million because like people generally don't like their jobs. Some people do, but like, if you look at the data, um, I think a lot of people would rather be working for themselves if they were able to, and you kind of build that bridge People that like, no, like you don't have to take all that risk. Like we got your benefits. I think it's awesome. Right. Cool. So let's expand um, past. Uh, so, so, so you got catch. Catch mm-hmm. is awesome. We've established that. Um, let's, let's put that to the side and just look at the future kind of in general. Um, if you, what are kind of industries uh, that are being built today that either exist that are bigger or smaller that will exist that interest you that are that you think are going to kind of make a big impact on the on the future whether that be a future of work or education or healthcare or any of this stuff like what are industries that interest you that might be outside of what you do on the day to day yeah that's a that's a great question um we we spend a lot of time thinking about the future because the the world we're trying to serve exists sort of, but the one that we see coming is really what we're building for. So um, I, th- I think that the best way that I have to describe how I think about the future is that like the, um, the employment stack is changing. 
So the entire employment stack is is different and it's going to be different. And it's and a few people live in that world. But if you look at everything from like how we're thinking differently about higher education, right? Whether it's an increased investment in trade schools or like the continuous learning platforms, like yes, there are still a lot of people who go to college. Yes, that's that's fine. There still will be for a while, but but we're fundamentally changing some of those building blocks at the very earliest stages, like with Lambda School and all of those other sorts of things, like all of the income share agreements. We're rethinking how student debt is is taken on and managed. So the first step of the employment stack of like where you earn your skills looks very different, right? And there's a huge opportunity to change how people work and like how they get the skills they need for that work. And I think some of the things that, um, speaking of the MasterCard Center for Inclusive Growth is doing some research into this, but this idea of like, how do you build lifelong learning solutions? Like everyone has this sense that like, going to school from 18 to 22 is not going to equip you for what the world looks like when you're 50. So how do you rethink like where you, where you earn skills and how you earn them throughout your career? Um, so that's like the first layer is like the skills training education layer. Um, the next layer I think is like the, the remote work layer of like, where do you actually work? Um, I, I'm actually fairly bearish on remote work for, for cash at least. And that might disappoint a lot of people, but what I have to say is I think remote work, um, is excellent for lots of different types of companies, but not necessarily every company. Um, I mean, the type of work that we're doing is exceptionally complex, very ambiguous problem solving, and the ability to like very quickly connect um, and have sort of in-person meetings is important. But I think the technology is sort of catching up and find better ways of allowing people to collaborate from different locations. Um, I think that's a huge fundamental change in the way that people work, right? So like where you are actually located when you do it, um, there's lots of tools that's making that easier. And then on the financial services side, I think that's where catch sort of sits. It's like, how do we rethink how products and services are delivered if the employer and like the HR department is no longer the, the point of distribution for so many of these products? Like, what does that change? Um, banks have started to take on some of this stuff. Like there's, there's a lot of players that are sort of saying like, how do we deliver these other products to people who work in more, uh, more of a portfolio career, right? Um, and then that's, you know, that's the sort of last piece of it is like, who do you work for? Um, so not just like whether you're remote or not, but it's like, are you building like lots of different jobs that you pull together to have an income or are you building like, one job, like this idea that you start at 22 and stay till 65 at like one company. It, it, there, there just, there isn't, <laughs> there isn't really that story anymore. Um, and by the way, I, I would like to point out that the reason I think that is, is very much not just because like millennials have a short attention span. I, I really fundamentally believe that the shift in how benefits were delivered by companies, like the removal of the pension have really changed like where people spend their time. And I, and I get that, like the data that shows, like if you change jobs every two years, you're more likely to grow your salary than if you just like stay and wait for promotions. Companies are like, oh, these, these millennials are so like unloyal or disloyal, right? And it's like, well, but you've changed the incentive structure. You don't yeah. give me a pension after 10 years. So why would I stay for 10 years, right? So I think that the who you work for is changing, not just because of the millennial culture and access to technology and all of that, but, but very much because companies have made the decision that they don't value the employee loyalty in the same way. So people are looking for ways to like, you know, gather the most value that they can across however many sources that that means to be. That last point that you made it, I think is super fascinating um, in the change of the of the pensions and ultimately just in millennials being perceived as lazy, but in reality, there's another thing going on. I feel like 
Um, something that interests me a lot is the impact of the internet on um, on education and employment because most of our uh, most of like the generation um, like Gen X or baby boomers like grew up had a career without the internet. But now that we have the internet, we're able to learn these new skills at a rapid pace and actually like become more valuable faster than potentially the company that we're working at like today if we're in a, in a company. So it's um, I think it's interesting uh, the perspective on that. Um, cool. So. I want to have a couple more questions about catch. So for those listening, if you haven't already kind of could tell, like I'm a user of catch. I'm a fan of catch. I think I'm using catch for like retirement and, and uh, I think my tax write-offs, which is cool. They're helping me manage my taxes. Um, so I'm actually curious as a user, what do you have in store uh, for your users? I, you, your messaging is like, this is what we have now, but you just wait. Like, what are we waiting for? I, I'm curious uh, what's coming up the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, so so the roadmap is is really exciting. Um, there's a lot of stuff we can do, both both big and small, that we think is going to make a big difference for people who, who don't have benefits provided. I think the largest thing we're working on is the health insurance integration. So right now we have what's called the Health Explorer, which allows people to see what plans they can have access to, see what tax credits they qualify for. That's a big one. Like how much money can you save um, through government tax credits? Like we help you figure that out um, in a very easy way. Um, but ultimately, the thing that we're working on is the ability to actually enroll in a health insurance plan through us, which means that instead of having to use healthcare.gov in the 39 states that use healthcare.gov, you'll be able to enroll in health insurance with Catch, and we'll be your broker. You'll be getting access to all of the same plans that are on the marketplace. So that's Anthem or Blue Cross or um, Ambetter or any of the any of the players that you would see on the market wherever you live. Um, all of those plans are available on Catch. And rather than having to work with a government website, which I think we all know how the healthcare.gov launch went, right? You can actually do all of that directly with us. So that's a huge milestone. That'll be um, the goal is to have that up testing this summer. Um, obviously, open enrollment is the, the key for us so that starting November of this year, um, we'll have that coverage. Um, the other thing that we've talked about a lot is we've been trying to listen to our users and hear what they need, right? So we sort of have in our guide product right now, it's like, well, what do you, what do you want to see here? Is it, you know, student loan payments that we can help you directly pay your student loans through the platform? Is it access to life insurance products? Is it Vision Dental, 529s? Um, all of those sorts of things. And what we've really seen from the feedback is that it's like fairly spread across those products. So on the one hand, that doesn't necessarily help our product team figure out exactly what to build next. But on the other hand, what it tells us is that like the need for the platform is very real and the need for self-service is very real. So what we're talking about is extending each of those verticals a little bit, right? So enabling like identifying appropriate life insurance partners. We're talking with some of the really great players um, with Ethos and Ladder and some of those really modern digital life insurance providers to be able to offer great products to our user base. On the student loan side, I mentioned my background. The last company I was at did student debt repayment. Uh, I have pretty in-depth knowledge about how that system should work. So I think we can, can provide a pretty compelling offer there. And then there's a lot of sort of nuanced products within the entire platform that we think are really designed to help automate and make this entire process easier, right? So like the case of like right now, just because we want to make sure that we're only moving your money when you want us to move your money, we make you approve every single income transaction, right? And we do that because we don't want to take $300 out of your paycheck if you don't expect us to take $300 yeah. out of your paycheck. But what we see and what we sort of knew from the beginning is that we would start to see some patterns, right? So like, let's say that your transaction memo is coming from Lyft. 
right? And you've approved income from Lyft three times. And you're like, look, this is income. It's coming from Lyft. It's always going to be income. Like, can I say that anytime money comes in from Lyft, you should set aside for my taxes from that money, set aside for retirement from that money. So that automation process will make it that much easier for you to stay on top of those things like taxes and retirement. Um, that's like a huge value add. And same thing on the other side. What if you're saying like, hey, every time I get money from Venmo, I don't want to have to tell you not to do it. Can I just say like, no money from Venmo should have taxes set aside from it. And you can sort of control that. So we're adding in those levers and the and sort of the depth of the product to make sure that like the automation is happening on your behalf in a way that's beneficial for you, um, that we're able to make payments towards your insurance premiums, all of those sorts of things that just really take the product from like a functional, what we call our MVP, into something that like truly adds value and becomes sort of a trusted partner in your own financial journey. That's... An awesome uh, insight into your roadmap, and yeah, that that's cool. I um, I think anything you do is gonna like strike fire um, in a good way because you said that kind of the response were so evenly spread out. It's just like you pretty much have something that people want. You know, that's a great place to be in. So, so congrats for finding that product market fit or being well on your way to product market fit. So, I have two more questions for you in our um, few minutes left. So, I always like to ask guests. Um, outside of your own company, so outside of Catch, what company um, do you know of today that most people don't know of? So, so, so kind of a smaller company that you think is going to be uh, a really big company in a decade, like like a like just quality quality company that most people have heard of um, that like no one may, may no one that's not it's on no one's radar right now. That is a great question. Um... Man, that's a really good question. I, I would say the one thing as a founder is that you don't often have your head lifted up high enough <laughs> to be really great at assessing that. Yeah. Uh, being a Y Combinator, I could obviously list a, a couple of the companies that that went through with us that I think are doing some interesting things. But you know, all of us are still pretty early. Um, I think okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a company sort of at a at a left field here, um, yeah. and I. I've only talked talk to them once, so this is not an official endorsement from Catch, but it seems like they're doing very cool things. Um, decent, decent.com. They're doing health insurance. So one of the big things that we all struggle with in this new, this new workforce world, this benefits for this new workforce, um, is that health insurance is just too expensive. Like it's just too freaking expensive, right? And, and there really isn't a whole lot that like we as catch can do about that as a broker. They're really, they're like, we're really at the mercy of these big companies that have just like terrible plans, high deductibles, like really high cost. Um, and I think that that's something that like has sort of weighed on, on a lot of us who work in this space is like, but at the end of the day, we need better and cheaper insurance products. And so decent is pretty interesting. And they're trying a new model of, of health insurance plan um, called an association plan. I think they're only in Texas right now. Because insurance, you have to go state by state. Um, so they launched in Texas. I think a bunch of the Gusto guys are their, their founders or former early Gusto guys yep. uh, are really taking a look at like, how do you rethink what that plan is? Can we make it more affordable? Can we find a way for people to actually like pay less and have better care? Like that's something that I think is just like, is just mad. There's so much room there and it's really, really hard, but there's so much room for good. And obviously if they can crack that nut of like a really high quality and affordable health plan, like they will be a billion dollar company. Right. So I think that that's pretty exciting. And that's one that I would, I am really excited to keep an eye on them. Obviously, like as they grow, we, we hope to be able to offer their plans on, on catch as well, especially if they're competitive. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. That's, um, that's a good answer because I feel like 
there's always like the companies that a lot of people know, but but the general public know. But Decent, if they're they're out of Texas, that sounds like okay. I haven't heard of them, and I, I feel like I know a good amount of companies. So that's that's cool. I will check them out. I think I they just it. launched. Yeah, I cool. think they just launched. But they're great. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I have one last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so you are definitely building the future with Catch. Like you are being the place where people that don't get benefits from their employer get benefits from you. You are kind of riding this this wave as it gets bigger and bigger. You're building the future. So what advice would you have for someone listening to this podcast who, who wants to build the future, who wants to impact a lot of people, but just like hasn't done it yet or hasn't, hasn't kind of come up with the idea yet? Do you have any piece of quick advice you would have for any of the listeners that, that kind of want to want to build something impactful as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there there are two key pieces to it. One is being a bit of a contrarian. So like finding the place where everyone thinks one thing and you you don't think that thing. Um, it's, it's a really annoying quality and like your friends, but like my co-founder and I both have that quality very strongly and that we like, we hear everyone say something and we're like, here's why that's wrong, right? Like it's really obnoxious, but it puts you in a great place to be able to see things very differently. The second thing that I would pair with that, because just being a contrarian without this other piece just makes you obnoxious. But with the other piece, if you have the ability to like really understand what problems people have, like then you have an opportunity to sort of like unite those two skills. Because like what what I hear a lot from like a lot of founders and a lot of people who are like, I want to be in startups, I want to like change the future, I want to like disrupt the world. Like they have they have that as the goal. Like the key is like, what's the problem you're solving? I ask like founders this all the time. I'm like, okay, it's so, like, what problem are you solving? And it's like, they're like, oh, like market share or like, <laughs> like, oh, there's like profitability here. And I'm like, I mean, cool. Yeah. I, guess, I guess you can have an impact there. But like thinking really differently about this, like this, this unicorn vision of whatever it is you want to build, you have to be solving problems. So like, take it down from the unicorn level where you're picturing your own IPO and take it to the level of like, what is the person whose problem you're going to solve? Like, and really intimately understand that and understand that, like, again, like a lot of times with the work that we do, we get those labels of like gig workers, right? But it's like, no, it's, it's like a person. So who's that person who's doing this thing? What are they struggling with? And how do you fix that? Like, if you stay very centered on that, you have a much better chance of like, being very successful because you're solving a problem, right? And if it's a B2B, so I'm B2C, you'll hear that very strongly when I talk about the individual and the problem. It could be a company, but even even still, there is an individual inside of whatever company you're trying to sell for and they are a person. So being able to say like, what is the problem I'm trying to solve and how do I see the world differently than everybody else does? Then that's where you can start to say like, this is the future that I see and it's different than the one that everyone else is building towards. So I'm going to build the thing that takes the future the way that I want it to go. All right. Well, you heard it first here. Thank you so much for hopping on to the Forward Thinking Founders podcast, giving that advice and giving us your your time um, and insights. Um, so yeah, I appreciate your time. And I hope everyone listening enjoyed uh, um, everything you had to say too. I'm sure they did. So thank you so much for hopping on. Great. Thank you. Have cool. a good one. Well, yeah, you too. And for everyone listening, I hope you all have a great day. See you next week. Bye.